0: This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor.
1: And I'm physician and journalist, Dr Norman Swan. It's Friday the 30th of April 2021.
0: And we've spent a lot of time in the last few weeks and months, Norman, talking about vaccines for COVID. That sort of feels like our way out of the pandemic. But early in the pandemic, we talked a bit more about treatments. And Pfizer has had some publicity over the last couple of days about a treatment that it's working on. What is it
1: and what does it do? So you're absolutely right. You go back to the beginning of CoronaCast, 300 years ago, <laughs> um, what the experts were saying was that, well, a vaccine's probably not going to happen here. There's been no successful vaccines against this kind of respiratory virus. Where you're going to get your benefit is indeed from treatments. And that's where you're going to see this great revolution. And that fact hasn't happened. And just before I get to the Pfizer one, so where we got to with treatment was hydroxychloroquine didn't work. Ivermectin may work a little bit, but it's it's really doubtful. But steroids do work and that was shown by the British and reduce mortality by about 20%. Remdesivir is pretty disappointing in terms of probably just reduces hospitalisation a little bit but doesn't do an awful lot of good. And anti-HIV drugs didn't work and so on. But this comes to the the Pfizer drug is actually not that dissimilar to some anti-HIV drugs because it's called a protease inhibitor.
0: So we're talking about a pill and what does it actually do?
1: So what it does is it, it, it inhibits replication of the virus. Mm -hmm. which is what protease inhibitors that are geared towards uh, HIV do as well and that's what they're aiming to do so that it attacks the specific proteases involved. So protease is an enzyme that's required for viruses to replicate themselves and the inhibitor inhibits that enzyme and therefore prevents replication. So that's what they're trying to do. Very successful in HIV. We've just got to see whether or not it works with SARS-CoV-2. They do have side effects, by the way, with HIV. Um, So this one would have to, you know, the side effect profile would have to be pretty closely monitored. They can be quite expensive drugs, so that's the other side of this, is what the cost would be. But this would be treatment for people who have got COVID-19, presumably high-risk people, and it would stop the virus replicating and presumably stop infection of others, which in fact is what happens with HIV. When you get the HIV viral load down very, very low, you actually can prevent transmission.
0: And so when we hear that there's maybe a new drug and Pfizer's had a lot of success with its vaccine, people want to throw the hats in the air and celebrate, but this is only in phase one clinical trials so far.
1: Yeah. So this, even if they accelerate, um, they will get a lot of patients, unfortunately, because there's still a lot of COVID around. So it's going to be quite easy to do a phase three trial if it's safe in phase one. So phase one is gross safety. Um, So they will be able to recruit a lot of patients quite quickly in the same way as they were for the vaccines. So it'll be a great thing because we are short of antiviral drugs will be a fantastic thing to get and it's particularly in a world where the world is not going to be vaccinated to a significant extent anytime soon so a treatment is still going to be incredibly useful.
0: What's the time frame for it then?
1: Who knows? I mean, I think they're talking about moving into phase three trials quite quickly if the phase one is okay, but you're probably not going to see this being ready for approval till next year.
0: Well, let's talk about vaccines now, because how could we deny our audience a day without vaccines? So there's a couple of papers out. We get a lot of questions about pregnancy and risk of COVID and risk of getting vaccines. And there's a couple of papers out recently that shed a bit more light on this.
1: So yeah, this is a really I- interesting study. The first one is looking at women who are pregnant and what happens to their pregnancy and to the women when they get infected with COVID-19. It's a study that follow it was involved 43 institutions, 18 countries, total of 700 pregnant women. So it's not a huge sample, but it's it's big enough. And really, the bottom line here is it's not good to get COVID-19 when you're pregnant. It is influenced by other factors such as the medical care available, how debilitated you might be to begin with. But essentially, you're likely to get high blood pressure, which risks convulsions and loss of the baby and loss of maternal life you're more likely to die, 22 times relative risk increase in terms of dying. But the, the caveat there is it's got a very wide interval. It, it could be as low as three times and as high as 172 times. It means that there probably weren't that many deaths, and so the range is quite wide. But there is a significant increase. So that's, that's women who have got symptomatic COVID-19, who are really quite sick with their COVID-19. But if you're asymptomatic in COVID-19 and you're pregnant, There are still risks, but they're not as bad as if you're... They're much, much less than if you've actually got symptomatic COVID-19.
0: And interestingly, the people, the women who had COVID, who also had other so-called comorbidities, things like diabetes and being overweight, had even more likelihood of, of having a bad outcome.
1: That's absolutely right. And in the second study, which was in the New England Journal of Medicines, was looking at the safety of the mRNA vaccines in pregnancy. And it's, it's a short study, still quite preliminary in findings, but they're not getting any safety signals. In other words, worrying signals out of pregnancies. So this is women in a variety of stages of pregnancy, and they're not seeing any poor outcomes at this point. So it seems okay, but smallish numbers and uh, early days. But I think you'll see more papers published on this. So the, the pregnancy story with the vaccine seems to be fine.
0: Right. So for people who are trying to weigh their risk of whether they should get vaccinated or not during pregnancy, what we're seeing with these papers, at least, is that getting COVID while you're pregnant can be really bad and getting the vaccine in pregnancy so far doesn't seem to carry any additional risk.
1: No. And pregnant women in Australia, if they choose to get the vaccine, will get the Pfizer vaccine because they're under 50.
0: Presumably, yes. And another piece of news that's come to light yesterday is that the Victorian government is going to build a purpose-built quarantine facility near the airport to get around this idea of uh, of quarantining people in hotels, which has been the source of a lot of leaks.
1: Yeah, so 500 beds next to an existing quarantine facility in Mickleham in the northern suburbs, about 30 kilometres from the CBD of Melbourne. So this is uh, good news, but they want the Commonwealth to pay for it. So let's just see whether it will happen. But it's the right kind of move, given that quarantine is going to last for some time to come and they think they could get it up in a few months.
0: Right. So they think they're thinking that they're going to be using it, that it's going to be able to be used by the end of the year or going well. How much use do you think it's going to get by the end of the year?
1: Well, it'd be nice if it was redundant, but I suspect that it's going to be used well into 2022.
0: Well, it's Friday, Norman, which means Quickfire Friday. And I've got some really great questions for you this week. So are you ready to go? I'm ready. So Louise is asking if the vaccines aren't effective against the new variants, how will they help? She thought the more contagious variants would become naturally dominant very quickly because of maths.
1: So Louise is right. They could become dominant very quickly and they already are. The vaccine manufacturers of the mRNA vaccines think that they are actually okay for the the vaccine-resistant variants because they give quite a profound immune response, and that's yet to be seen. But it is likely that we get a base coverage against severe disease from the current vaccines, including Astra, and then this late this year, early next year, we might have a specifically designed vaccine for the variants.
0: Daryl says, is the AstraZeneca-related blood clot treatable? Daryl's read that the blood clotting is easily detected by a blood test. So could we just schedule this blood test every week for three weeks?
1: You don't want to do a test when you haven't got an indication for doing it because you could get a false positive and it would lead you to panic for no particularly good reason. So I don't think anybody's arguing that at the moment. Yes, it looks as though these blood clots are treatable and they're treatable by using what's called immunoglobulin or high-dose steroids. Those are the two drugs that are used there. And then basically what they're doing is rather than treating the clots, they're treating the immune response to the platelets and trying to get that under control so the platelets can recover and return to normal. So that's how it's being treated at the moment.
0: And a very quick final question from Carlisle. Will those taking the AstraZeneca vaccine benefit from taking blood thinners for a given period of time to avoid blood clotting?
1: The current recommendation is that unless you're on aspirin already for coronary heart disease or stroke, or you've had a stent put in, then you do not add them, you do not take them anew for to present this blood clotting because you've got low platelets in this condition and low platelets cause hemorrhage. So you get both clot and hemorrhage in this blood clotting syndrome. And aspirin partly disables the platelets. So you do not want to make the risk of hemorrhage worse. So you don't stop aspirin if you're already on it, but you wouldn't start it specially.
0: Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast for today. And that's it for this week as well.
1: If you want to ask questions, go to abc.net.au slash coronacast. Go to ask your question, click on the button and put in coronacast into your question so we can find it. And we will see you on Monday. See you then.